0: Home.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Cinema Wheeler Tay. It's uh, Sean, Tony, and Scott, as usual. Hello. Hello. Uh, and we have a first-time guest today. Uh,
2: yeah. It's uh, been a while since you've had a first time. Ha-
1: I know it has been a while. So
2: Actually, uh, no it hasn't. Joel was a first timer yeah.
1: last time. <laughs> well, it felt uh, <laughs> <it sounded laughs> we, special. We special. I don't it never ruin a good story with the facts is my dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that uh, is a yeah. great
2: point. Yeah. wheeler uh, for the win.
1: Uh, so as far sorry, as any true. viewers who haven't caught up with us, this is a first time guest. <laughs> this is our third time in the row we've had a first time guest. Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, Okay, we so. are
2: on a streak. This is a trend, <laughs> yeah. guys. This is a trend.
1: All right. He's our he's our first time guest since our last first time. Guest. <laughs> How's that sound? Okay. Uh, and he's uh, a consummate uh, improviser <clears throat> in, and man about town in, in Columbus, Ohio. Rob Moore. Thanks for having me, everybody. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Thank you.
3: Thank you.
1: And we brought Rob on today because uh, we're going to talk about, uh, I believe it's a favorite of yours, and uh, it's become a favorite of everybody on the podcast right now since we've kind of discovered it. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm you kidding. are. Again, never ruin a good story with a fact, right? <laughs>
4: And I did that to you, so that's uh, bad. I can probably say that no movie has impacted me more emotionally
1: than BT really? in my Aww. entire life. Yes. Yeah. And he's yeah. right.
4: That's E.T. the Extraterrestrial,
1: for yeah. people listening, directed by Steven Spielberg from 1980. Somebody queued yeah. the John Williams score. <laughs> yeah, boom. <laughs> yeah.
3: John Williams.
1: Now, this is a movie that has real special significance to me as far as the first time you see it. And that's definitely what I want to get from everybody, because I think E.T. is a movie, especially for people of my generation, I'm in my I'm 40. You
2: know, Everybody!
1: I'm an old man. <laughs> uh, but I would say uh, Gen Xers in the late scale of Gen X, and Xennials, which I guess is my generation, which is like 77 to 82, which mm-hmm. I think includes Scott... You're a millennial. I'm,
2: not I'm really yeah. not, though. I'm a millennial by <laughs> default, uh, but in my mind, I'm like a baby boomer. Yeah.
4: I am, too. I'm probably a baby boomer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a baby I'm boomer. I'm an old soul. I have an old body. I'm a millennial, but I yeah. see myself as the greatest generation. Really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, wouldn't you agree, you know, probably you intellectually, and what then. my culture is, <laughs> yeah. my tastes are, is, is much more in line with you guys than yeah. I would say what a classic millennial would be.
1: Well, sometimes, even though I'm a Xenial, I sometimes feel a uh, close connection <laughs> you know? with the jazz age. You know? Yes. No, I'm, I'm definitely like <laughs> a Xenial. I want to be a Xenial. Gilded age? Gilded yeah.
4: age, anybody? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Gilded age. <laughs> I'm a Hey, let's go back to the Renaissance. I'm a Renaissance woman.
4: <laughs> I'm a post-millennial. In
2: more I'm ways serious. than one.
4: Plo-
1: post-millennial. I'm a post-millennial. Yeah, well, uh, regardless of generations, though, I think this movie, this movie has uh, <laughs> universal, timeless appeal. And yeah. I want to get into it.
3: Um, I also Universal Pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, good, hey, good, good hey. one. Good one. Good, Love, good, tie good in. one. Italian. Oh, you can hear
1: which the pre- which pieces?
2: Universal Picture they're. Um, uh... Branding is like, you know, the world. Yeah. It which is. looks uh-huh. very similar to the moon. In the and I,
1: when we watched it, I loved seeing the old Universal logo mm-hmm. where it was kind of faded. Oh
2: yeah, the
4: yeah that was that's great.
1: A, yeah, that was really cool to see.
3: If you hear us crunching, we're crunching on Reese's Beesies.
1: Yes, tributes. <laughs> so I, <laughs> um, I remember distinctly, it had to have been 1982 because that's the year it came out. It was that the big hit that summer. And I happened to see a People magazine cover which had E.T. on it with Steven Spielberg. Mm. And I'm like, Mom, who is that? I had not
3: seen any ads for the movie. Was it People's, uh, <laughs> what is it called? Like the hottest people in the world? <laughs>
1: people's
2: sexiest
1: people <laughs> the two guys so, so, on the cover, E.T. and Steven Spielberg, were the <laughs> sexiest <laughs> men that year. Uh, so I'm looking at it like, Mom, what is this E.T. thing? And she's like, oh, that's a new movie. Would you like to see it? I say, yeah, I'd like to see it. <laughs> Uh, and just the thinking of the impact that that cover had, this is my introduction to Steven Spielberg and, and E.T. So my parents went to take me to see it, probably either that day or that week. Did he go with you? No, he was, I was two by the years old. No, he was two. only two, one and a half to two Baby years Scott. old. Baby <laughs> Scott. Yeah, he was. Scott.
2: I was non-existent. Yeah.
1: So I must have been like four or five. You were five. five. Yeah, you were yeah. perfect. That was mm-hmm. two years. It was one of the first movies I remember seeing in a the theater because most cool. of the movies I was, had watched were probably on TV, like Star Wars. I'd seen all the Star Wars movies. And uh, so I went to see it, and I remember it was a... The vivid memory I have is that, like, all those images are ingrained in my memory. <laughs> it, it, it's like a really powerful movie that way. But I definitely remember... The scene in which Elliot confronts Et in the cornfield when they meet each other mm-hmm. scared the shit out of me. Like I was like scared. Like it just jolted me. Yeah. And I remember crying through the second half of the movie when oh, E.T.'s yeah. like being uh, yeah. operated on, and it was just a profound impact on me. And and it, it, it was the '80s. It really started jump started the '80s as far as the pop culture. Stuff like you know, Gremlins came
2: after. Well, this, and also um, like Mac and Me and all these a- all these like alien.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, <laughs> <Don't>
2: <laughs> make, don't Mac and Me. Okay. I, I guess the point I'm making is uh, it does seem that to to align with your point, after that there was all this alien, you know, excitement and a lot of movies that involved aliens yeah. and things. Seriously, yeah. I mean, or at just, the
4: very least, like Friends, like, the, like like
2: the sitcom Sean's favorite show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Friends that, came from this <laughs> that June.
4: E.T. came out, mm-hmm. The Thing came out, and Blade Runner. Like, three of, like, probably, like, the ten best sci-fi movies of the 80s. Yeah, not, big like, sci-fi. Yeah. And another film,
1: Poltergeist. Yes. You know, yeah. that, that summer. That? And Spielberg worked on both movies simultaneously, mm-hmm. I believe, on the same street. I, there's a I think they on. were. Yeah. The
2: houses were on wow. the same streets.
1: That, that's incredible yeah. to me. And he kind of ghost-directed, no pun intended, but he ghost-directed mm-hmm. uh, Poltergeist. we Covered that on our podcast before, but Toby mm-hmm. Hooper was the nominal director, but I think Spielberg had a huge mm-hmm. hand in that movie, and he was around a lot. And there's this great photo, which I'll post on on the website of both families, the Poltergeist kids yeah. and the ET kids, all next to Spielberg in the middle, and it's a really cool, mm-hmm.
2: uh, cool photo. Sean, mm-hmm. or excuse me, Scott, when was your first time
3: um, seeing this movie? That <laughs> is, I remember reading it, and, and the scene that Sean talked about. <laughs> Well, it wasn't, I didn't get to go see it at the movie theater with Sean, because I was too young, but I, I remember when, the first time I remember watching it, um, which is funny because I always remember being aware of this movie, but the first time I actually remember watching it, I think I rented it, probably like eighty-eight, eighty-nine, and I was watching it and I got freaked out by that scene that Sean's talking about when he sees him in the field and, I, I had a love-hate relationship with aliens. They scared the crap out of me. I got scared of the short-circuit guy. <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> Which is basically a <laughs> robot. Short-circuit? E. <laughs> uh, Johnny Five, <laughs> E.T. Basically, <laughs> Johnny Five is a robot version of E.T. Yeah. Right? So they, they even have the same head shape. Yeah, they have the you know, same right? head shape. And
1: yeah, they
2: did. That's a
3: rip. I didn't even realize that's a well, rip.
2: Well, that's what I mean. E.T. inspired so many other things, exactly. for sure. Exactly.
3: The design's so good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. But I remember getting freaked out and then watching it. And then I had like a period of time where I was just kind of like, oh, it's just a kid's movie. Not, it doesn't really, I I don't know if I was too cool for school on E.T. And uh, then I remember you got sick in Chicago one time. That was a few years ago. And you stayed in and watched, E.T. was on and you watched it. And you said, E.T. is awesome. So I went back and watched it. It was like, oh my gosh.
1: So that's, that's adult, that's, Sean as an adult, Mm -hmm. quote unquote. Uh, but we were at the Chicago Improv Festival, and I was really sick. Like, was this like bloom. the year
2: before I went with you guys? Uh, this, oh, was was probably,
1: years. this was probably like like 2010 or 11, around oh, that time. Okay. And E.T. happened me on, and I hadn't seen it in years. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those movies I said, well, that's a kid's movie. I like yeah. Jaws and Raiders, but I don't know if I would ever get into E.T. in the same way I did it as a kid. So I just turned it on. I was floored by how yeah. good it was. I was floored. I I, and I was on a fever too, so I'm talking to everybody like, EG's amazing, guys. <laughs> EG's amazing to all these adults that are sitting
4: there. They became a prophet. i mean, like, yeah, yeah.
1: You guys don't understand
4: how great this movie is. I'm, That's awesome. And I know I'm definitely ill. See, because I, I mean, I definitely see it as a movie that appeals to kids, but I don't necessarily see it as like a like a no. kids' movie. You no. know? And
2: I agree, having watched it this morning as an adult, I, I would agree, but but you're right. There is maybe maybe some kind of stigma or stereotype. That it does get put in with the kids' movies, even though it really—I mean, you could probably go up to Family Video, and ET would be in the kids section.
3: Yeah. But is it really a kids'
2: movie? That's the thing. It's a a family. family Yeah, it's a family
3: movie. Yeah. But it's—it's not. I think it gets well. Well, what? Well, I I I think I think as
2: we've kind of all been saying, I think it really depends. The type of movie it is depends on your age at the time you see it.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, if you're yeah. a child yeah. and
2: it resonates with you and um, you're a part of that wonder and that magic, then it's a kid's movie. If you see it again as a 32-year-old adult, you know, <laughs> then it's an adult movie. I think it really just depends on your interpretation of it or, what, or how it touches you, really. Yeah, I,
0: mean, I
1: would compare it to the movie Up, the Pixar films. And you okay. probably compare yeah. to all Pixar mm-hmm. movies because they kind of fall in that same mm-hmm. category. Because they're very adult mm-hmm. themes in Up. Especially mm-hmm. in the beginning, well, the death, and yes, a lot of and miscarriage, and, yeah. But mm-hmm. kids, that's going to go over their heads. Yeah. They're going to focus on the old man and, mm-hmm. and the
2: balloon. Yeah, you're um, exactly right. Shrek, although it's in a totally different vein, is very similar in that on the surface it seems like a child's movie, but it's really kind of like Pee Wee Herman. There's yeah. a lot of adult humor and yeah. adult it's, themes it's, in it, so it really it's that crossbreeding. Oh god, oh,
4: yeah. yeah. The Princess yeah. Bride, in a way, for perfect example. Other yeah. example. Yeah. But I feel well, like. E.T., I mean, one thing I'd say about E.T. that makes it a little bit less of kid's movie to me is it feels like it has these themes that are, like, very, like, postmodern and, like, political mm-hmm. and, you know, not just... I feel like some of these movies, they have, like, these sort of personal themes that are more adult, but this one kind of gets into these, like, sort of big, like, do we trust science? Like, mm-hmm. what...
2: The government what, is coming. Yeah, yeah,
4: like, what is our... What, like, sort of, like, epistemological questions of, like... Mm-hmm. Is it better to find, like, when he's, you know, when uh, Elliot's there with E.T. in the search room room, he's like, you're hurting him, you're hurting yeah. him, I need to help him. Like, it's sort of this, like, personal connection the subjective truth versus the, like, n- you need to give him four CCs, and, like, you got all these people who are, like, actually doctors who are mm-hmm. playing those doctors, mm-hmm. who are saying all these, like, very jargony terms, and that's, like, that's what we trust in. Yeah. I mean, that's not, like kid's shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Nah, 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 nah. Well, and,
2: and what's really touching, and then you see, you know, Little Drew Barrymore, when they take out, I don't know the name of the machine, but the stun, you know, the, the stun thing. The f- exactly. Yeah. Yes. Is that it? Yeah. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I don't like hospitals. Flash. But when, when they pull that out, and they do that to Et. You know, I, it's pro- it probably garnered a true reaction from Drew Barrymore. And she kind of like jumps up, and then just starts crying. You know, as, as she's watching her friend, yeah. she thinks that they're hurting him. You know, she is a child and can't understand that they're actually trying to save him.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, I think. Um... Getting back to that point that you guys are saying is is very true. Like this movie deals with like uh, who do we really trust and like are we the good guys or or who's who's the bad guy in this scenario? Is the people that are the peaceful people that are visiting just to collect plants? And how could you hate these aliens? By the way, these are like the most peaceful aliens in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, But also one aspect that I love about that is he keeps. The Movie at a kid's perspective at all yeah. times. Like mm-hmm. the only adult that you really see in full for most of the film is the mom. Yeah. But yeah. every other adult, you never see their face, yeah. you hear them talking. It's not kind of like a penis
4: cartoon. I was just gonna I say, it's like that. Charlie Brown. Yes. And,
2: said, womp, 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 womp. and that's something yes. I only yeah.
1: noticed as What's an adult.
4: It? That's mm-hmm. a beautiful choice you yeah. made.
2: Yeah, you're right. Te-
4: Tex Avery, that's, I, I read that on Wikipedia. They're saying this that, that like, all those shots from the waist down are yeah. like in a Tex Avery comic. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. that's, oh yeah. that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, he was a great animator, too. Like I think his were the more flamboyant like shorts that they made
4: back then. Um, but I had one thing about the adults, though. There's that one adult who shows up later on. The man? Yeah, the man. Keys.
2: Is he, isn't his name Keys? Mr. Yeah, Keys isn't or something? Peter Coyote the actor
4: who Does plays him? Does he them? show up earlier in the movie, or did I just start noticing him at the end? Like, who is that no, guy? No, but he's,
2: he's the only, going back to our theme about how it doesn't show adults, he's the only man that they show in full. And that I think ties into some of the more heavier themes, the adult themes of divorce. Really yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. And this is my interpretation is that this the the story of Elliot and NET is really Elliot's on the verge of, you know, his childhood. He's maybe 10, 11, mm-hmm. so he's going to start growing up. His parents just got divorced. His life is changing. He's becoming more responsible. And I think it's a I think in a lot of ways it's a story about losing that wonder and that innocence of your childhood and growing up. You know, very similar to Peter Pan, you know, that that
0: Peter Pan is you're
2: growing up now, and that there's a sadness to that, but it's a reality that hits all of us. Um, but I think Keys is the only man that they ever show in full. And part of that, and he's a very compassionate person, he wants to help, (laughs) he's very loving. That's in my interpretation, is like Elliot's connection to him and his longing for his absent father yeah 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 you know, and they kind of allude to the fact that maybe keys and the mom may have something because they have that nice conversation and you see them he's with them yes. at the end. yes yes it's so, that very yeah. uh-huh. very
4: loose thing there with the yeah. mother yeah yeah
2: so you wonder you know maybe are they going to get together is this going to be the new dad yeah um but i think that could be why but yeah keys is the only i think full male body Aside from the doctors, mm-hmm. which is kind of just a cha- chaotic scene. And, but, yeah, yeah, they're all just kind
4: of these uh, side but they're, characters.
2: Exactly. Here, they're like, not a focal point, but Keys is.
1: You're supposed to be scared of them, too, because they have yeah. masks on. They, yeah. look like, they look like aliens, in a way, from yeah. the planet, when they mm-hmm. invade the house, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although they are very much human and are very much from the United States government. Um,
2: and it's almost kind of like, giving it like a deeper thought here, it's almost sort of like uh, the presence of Keys. And having that experience has kind of given Elliot permission to let go, and then you know we yeah. see Et go back. Did you guys
4: hear that uh, the Harrison Ford tidbit about this movie? No. He was supposed to be the other man who was in really, this, and he they shot a scene with him after the scene where uh, the the classroom lets all the frogs go, and mm-hmm. there's the big revolt, and all the frogs yeah. go, um, and apparently. Uh, Elliot's drunk in that scene. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's ET who's drinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll get into that, yeah. that. We'll get into that. We'll that. They've that. got that. Yeah. So Harrison Ford shot a scene where he's sitting across from Elliot. He's the principal, mm. and he's telling him off for underage drinking. And oh. then and then uh, E.T. levitates him in the room. Wow. But they cut the scene out. Yeah, it's Just yeah. Spielberg cut Harrison Ford out of the movie.
2: I can see how it kind of didn't fit in It way. sounds strange. It yeah. sounds strange. I'd have it to see like
4: it. It sounds it'd be hard to, like...
3: It, there's there's no stars in this movie in terms of... I mean, Drew Barrymore is a big name now. Yeah.
1: Well,
2: the but mom was pretty, pretty big at the, the time. God what was her name? She
1: was. Uh, Dee Wallace. Yeah. She, had, she wasn't a huge star, but she was definitely an actress, up-and-coming actress. Mm-hmm. She had made The Howling two years prior with uh, Joe Dante. It was a werewolf horror film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was the lead in that film. So that's probably how Spielberg mm-hmm. discovered her was through that movie. And I think... Melissa Matheson, who wrote the screenplay for this, was actually married to Harrison Ford at the time, which makes mm. In
2: sense fact, for that fun fact too. yes, wow. they, her and Spielberg started kind of um, collaborating on E.T. during the filming of Raiders. Yeah. she was on set a lot.
1: Yeah, I read some of the backstory mm-hmm. on that where Spielberg was going to make a follow up to, to Close Encounters. And yeah. he was under contract oh, yeah. to Columbia. It was kind of called Watch I'm glad that guys. never happened. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We, we, we have a running joke
2: feelings. about Close Encounters. Uh, oh, you don't like <laughs> They love good. it. It's like their favorite movie. I'm just like, it's okay. I okay. don't like I, I don't I don't get Richard Dreyfus. Okay, yeah,
4: okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a running joke. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Reifus, I don't yeah, get I
2: don't Richard course. Dreyfus. Still don't, yeah. never will. Yeah. yeah. Never it amazes me still how he was in a movie with Andre Hepburn.
1: <laughs> um
3: and Spielberg,
1: yes. But uh, during that time, uh, it was called Watch the Skies. It was going to be like this... The, the, the aliens are going to be malevolent. they were going to be evil. And they were going to invade this family. You know, like farm. It sounds like the plot of the movie sounded to me like Signs, the M. Night Shyamalan movie that okay. came out years later. But Spielberg decided he didn't want to go through with this. This was well into production. And uh, he said he didn't want to go through with it because... Working on Raiders, he was tired of like fighting Nazis and all mm-hmm. these stunt pieces, and he wanted to do something a bit more philosophical, similar to Close Encounters, where he's talking about some, something deep and meaningful. Yeah. And so he decided to make the alien benign and make it about an alien bonding with a child, and that's how E.T. came into play. And I pissed a lot of people off because yeah. he said, well, this sounds like a Walt Disney movie. We wanted this evil yeah. alien yeah. movie, make." Right? Yeah. So Columbia sold the rights to Universal. They got, like I guess, a percentage of the profits, though, from... Yeah. It eventually became E.T. And he said, we made more money off of the percentage in most of our own movies.
4: <laughs> Here, yeah. You know. Well, and that's a pretty powerful thing about this movie, mm-hmm. is that it's so much, you know, talking about the themes that Tony was just talking mm-hmm. about, um, It's it's from such a place of Spielberg's experience. Like, yeah. this was his... E.T. was his childhood mm-hmm. imaginary friend when he was going through the divorce of his mm-hmm. parents. And, like, he was you know, he put his own story onto the screen. And, you know, I brought up, like, The Thing and Blade Runner, which are two really incredible movies, but aren't originals. Mm-hmm. And this was an original mm-hmm. screenplay. It was an original work that ended up becoming the biggest movie I mean, the biggest movie since Star Wars. Yeah. And the biggest movie until Jurassic Park. A, de- <laughs> yeah.
2: a, a very defining movie for a lot of people yeah, in their childhood. Yeah, a decade, you know? really. Yeah, yeah, yeah really defining movie. Um, You know, and, and having... Having been a child of divorce, my parents divorced when I was five. There were definitely a lot of elements in watching this again as an adult that sort of struck me a little bit different, you know, than when I saw it as oh a kid. Um, being able to just relate to some of those feelings that Elliot had of of, of feeling maybe unloved or quasi ignored, not because you know, you have a bad parent or anything like that, but just because of the situation. There were also three in my family, too. I was the youngest, so I was the uh. Drew more, um,
0: <laughs> Not as cute. Um,
2: but uh, but I still, you know, even still, you you can... Um, it's kind of like, like reliving that in a way, but, but not in a painful way, in a um, kind of like a comforting way to know, A, you weren't the only one, you know, and then B... With, with E.T. being there, it's, it, it makes it fun. You know, yeah. to kind of relive that painful... Do you remember there. the
3: first time you saw this movie?
2: I really don't, honestly. I definitely yeah. didn't grow up with it. You know, I was born in 85, so I missed the boat um, on E.T. And I'm sure I saw it as a kid. In fact, I, I'm confident I, I'd seen it as a kid at some point. So that puts, that puts us in like the mid-90s. Um, but it wasn't something that I always watched or revisited. And I think partly because I, too, was, was someone who was like, oh, that's a kid's movie. Mm. I always,
0: mm.
2: I, I don't say always, maybe, but I feel, and I, throughout my life, I've had more of a sophisticated, I think, taste in movies. Not to say that E.T. is not sophisticated, but on the surface, you know, when you're looking mm. at it, oh, little alien friend with the kid. Um that I always sort of gravitated more towards movies that were a little bit more grown up, even though I was a kid. I yeah. was watching things that my teenage sister was watching. You know, my sister's the same age as Sean, so she's eight years older than me. Um, so, you know, she was 16, I was eight, but I was doing, um, or not doing, I shouldn't say, but but really interested in things that the teenagers were interested in, even mm-hmm. when I was like a tween.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so I never really got into E.T., but I'm really grateful that I watched it again as an adult with the experiences that I've had in my life um, that got me to where I'm at now just because I, I have a much more deeper appreciation for it. And I think it touched me in such a beautiful way that it was probably meant to touch someone. It didn't When I was a kid, it just, all that, all the emotional stuff, I think, skidded over me.
4: Huh. Interesting. You
2: know? I mean, I felt bad when E.T. was suffering, but in my mind, I'm like, this is a movie I know he'll be okay. I was always that optimist, you know, he'll be okay, you know, but, you know, now as an adult, knowing that life is not a movie and things don't always (laughs) end up okay and people people suffer and people die and bad things happen and there's a lot of pain and heartache in in our lives, that I kind of processed that whole half of the movie way different than I did as a kid.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. And it touched me more, you know, and I... Yeah, just crying this morning just in my like, bed watching this yeah <laughs> it's it really is and because we bring it back to things that are close to our heart
4: yeah I feel like I felt that way with that you know his his uh operation scene and his death scene mm-hmm. like I yeah like when I was a kid I never really thought he was gonna die you know mm-hmm. and as an adult I was like he's dead like he's like, what happens now?
2: <laughs> and then you see the heartbreak like, on the never, kids' faces. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And that's I just, what tears me up. see Drew Barrymore cry. Like, I was joking with them before he came over. I'm not a mom, and, and I've never had a huge, strong desire to be a mom. I love kids, though. And I was joking. I was like, this morning, I'm watching this, and I'm like, I want to be Drew Barrymore's mom. <laughs>
0: yeah. I want to
2: take care of her, you oh, know? Wow. Just, and even Elliot, the boy who plays Elliot, and we'll talk more about this mm-hmm. in a few minutes because I really want to hear yeah. Rob's... Um, yeah story with this uh movie but he's incredible mm-hmm. incredible actor
4: yeah oh yeah yeah i think for me like i uh like like when they say like i uh, call it like mm-hmm. put him on ice you know that was like something that i think when i was a kid i wouldn't necessarily like got exactly what was happening yeah. there but like then i was like i think i mean one thing for me growing up and like seeing it now is i sort of like saw it through the like doctor's eyes more mm-hmm. and to sort of i guess i haven't really seen a movie or, like, been in the situation where, like, they're just like, all right, we tried to revive this person, and, like, you just have to give up at some point, and, like, that was, like, a, oh, shit, this is, this yeah. is over kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, the,
1: the experiences of watching this, like you guys were pointing out, as a kid versus mm-hmm. as an adult, especially people our age, that kind of, you guys might be a little bit younger, yeah. but I know I was, I was at the mm-hmm. perfect age for this movie mm-hmm. for, as a, from, from a kid's perspective, yeah. To see it, then watching it as an adult, it's 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 entirely radically different mm-hmm. viewing experiences. Like you see how much depth there is mm-hmm. and how much uh,
2: the deeper real terror, he, there absolutely, yeah, yeah. And and I mean, let's face it, E. T. is not just this, you know, inanimate alien. We all of us as audience viewers become so attached to him emotionally. And that's why, at the end, you know, when he's dying, we're not looking at a crusty, pale, turning white alien dying. Yeah. We're looking at a loved one. Yeah, yeah. that's how we all see ET.
1: I think a lot of that has to do with ET's personality. That's he what I mean. Is, he yeah. is very human. Yeah, yeah. very he, human. I, I mm-hmm. what I love is that they, they came from thousands and thousands of miles. They have this advanced technology, but he's still, he's still fascinated by TV. <laughs> You know, in movies. Oh yeah! So it's like, oh, TV must be great because if they're traveling all the way over here, <laughs> and that's the first <laughs> thing he does. It must be terrific, and he's curious about everything yeah. that's going on. Mm-hmm. Like he he he's ornery a little bit, and he's he, present.
2: He's yeah. he's a part. He's a presence.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, the thing that really makes ET humanistic, aside from just the um, the script, uh, is the eyes. His eyes. Yeah. He has human uh, eyes, yeah, yeah, and. Yeah. Let's let's pretend that he had, I don't know, robot-looking eyes or baby-doll-looking eyes or something that it just, I think it would be a completely different effect on people, Uh, but he has these human eyes and even his hands. Do you know they hired um, acting mimes to do his hands? You know, because they were very good with hand movements and. Mm-hmm. The hands are um, incredible. Like, when yeah, I was watching. Yeah. I
4: was like, I can't believe. Like they look. When he so wipes good. that little
2: like food off his yeah. face. And when, he, when he's
4: like uh, coming off the staircase to pick up the Reese's pieces, and you see him yeah. yes. like, reach out, and it's like so graceful. That's such mm-hmm. a great scene. It's he's
3: very did, yeah. They
4: pull back, and uh-huh. you hear loud crunching.
3: Yeah, it is. it's so good. It yeah. Is yeah.
4: So yeah, it's yeah. A, it it so endearing. That okay, I'll will get my story out. Yeah. Okay. So I, I was born in 1990, first few months of 1990, so I'm, like, solid millennial. So I grew up this, just being this movie that's been around, and my parents showed it to me. And I can, like, say without, like, any doubt, this movie has scared me more than anything else in my entire life. And there's, like, a small subset of people for which this is the scariest thing in the entire <laughs> world. I was so scared that when I saw other movies that had the Amblin Entertainment... Oh By yeah! Right. I had to cover my eyes. Oh my god, because Like go into the other room. Like I, mm. when I was very very young, I loved the movie, and then I just hit this age where, like, for some reason, it just like sort of all like dawned on me, and like Drew Barrymore saying, uh, "Like a deformed kid," you know that line, mm-hmm. like just that the, the <laughs> grotesqueness of yeah. the, the design. Like I was so scared, mm. and it wasn't the scene where he finds him in the um, the cornfield it scared me. Yeah, but the scene where he's Waddling out of the tool shed. That's pretty scary yeah. yeah. he's lit and he just shit out of me. Yeah, that just the way he moved. I've had more nightmares about ET, more Aww. like horrifying dreams. Never doing anything malevolent, just being there, just being yeah. creepy. And it, it took me a while. I think when I was like, like eight or nine, I watched it and I I was like pretty fine until the the creek scene where he's laying in the creek and he's, yeah. he's it's devastating. He, you know, his coloring is all off that just like sent me the, over the edge um, and then eventually I think as a teenager I really came back to it and you know got back and appreciated it as like a full film but man, this movie like he just like I, it's amazing that this is like a, such a like beautiful movie and yeah. such a movie that's about such benevolent themes in a lot of ways and like I wasn't I know some people had a very scared reaction to the the like NASA folks you yeah. know but it was uh it was ET that scared the shit out of me I I
1: think when you mentioned the cornfield yeah. scene cuz that's something I wanted to get back to is as, as, as an adult watching it that's a, that scene is hilarious from Oh an adult's yeah perspective. it is it's hilarious it's so funny because they're both scared of each other simultaneously uh-huh. they're yeah. mirroring each other yes. I didn't realize that until I watched it because Elliot goes wah but they cut the E.T. going wah the same uh-huh. thing and that's what's funny to me is they're both terrified like it's yeah. as much a horror film to the other side as, <laughs> as
3: it is uh-huh. the first side I, I, I think that's brilliant I like how E.T. waddles but if he can run he, he gets going pretty quickly <laughs> oh yeah he yeah, got- yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> was
3: it's the sounds,
4: like, yeah. oh, the yeah. sounds! Just honestly, the sounds, all of the like, you know, the voice sounds and the sort of just like mumbles and the, the guttural like it's <sighs> so yeah. so interesting.
2: I like it when, on Halloween when he sees Yoda, he's Dude. like, oh,
4: oh, home, oh, oh, that's, that's, so that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That. He just gradually moves away from uh, the crowd look. over to Yoda, and I love how they film it from his perspective as he's watching people trick or treat. Yeah. You know he's fascinated again by everything the
4: the humans are doing. You that know, like, that was I think that's one of the funniest jokes in it. The other what was the other one I thought was so funny. Oh yeah, the line: How do you explain school to higher intelligence? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's oh, funny okay. is they
3: think he's stupid in the beginning. Yeah, they think he E.T. or Elliot. Well, they the kids think E.T. is just kind of
4: like an animal. Well, they have a debate over it. Like,
3: yeah, and then, then he just proves that like, he's
2: smarter
4: than all of them. You can build you a can, radio. You can build a radio. One what,
2: uh, what of my favorite things that I'm going to have to start saying, it's going to be like my new insult, what was it, penis breath?
4: Penis yeah, breath. Penis <laughs> breath. <laughs>
2: that
3: penis. You, know, you know what's so good about that scene when, when he says penis breath? The mom laughs.
2: She laughs, yeah.
3: That is so awesome. She laughs?
2: Yeah. She, she laughs, doesn't yell at like, him, oh. oh. she, 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 she kind of chuckles. No, she, oh, she yells at him, at, yeah. she catches herself. Yeah. But
3: she laughs when he says penis, if he, if he see it.
4: No, I didn't.
2: Yeah, He says penis, She's like, sh- Hi, sh- hey, you know, kind of
3: like,
4: <laughs> it's such a... It's very
2: really real. I mean, yeah. that's how, like, a real mom... Oh,
4: my God, yeah, if my kid yelled that, I'd just
2: would. I'd be it. like, you've been watching me, too.
4: She's so
3: great in this as the mom. She's great.
2: The whole cast really is top-notch.
3: I mean she she captures she's just trying to keep mm-hmm. keep it all together. Yeah, and keep
2: herself together. She
4: didn't even know it's the E. T. because she yeah. just that's oh not even God, her she's radar. She's just walking past it all. Over yeah. Her. She's just yeah. so like, I need to get things done. Yeah. She need to keep this ship. The running. scene
2: is heartbreaking in the beginning when they're having the dinner and Elliot's oh. kinda being bratty and he's like, Dad would believe me and that's such a kid. that's such a thing that that kids, I hate it, you know, that kids do to their parents. Yeah, and then Yeah, and then she says, well, why don't you give your dad a call? And then he's like, I can't, because he's in Mexico with Susie or whatever, and Sally or whatever their name is. Yeah. And just the pain on the mom's face. Like, that so hit like, home. He hates Mexico. I've never been yeah. married or divorced, but, like, you know, that just, that broke my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt for her there.
1: Well, it, it's beautifully, uh, the whole scene mm-hmm. is beautifully written, because Elliot you know, goes after those insults because he knows that's ammunition to exactly. get to his mom yeah. to get what he wants mm-hmm. or also yeah. to get back at her because mm-hmm. he's hurting. And then the older brother stands up for him yeah. saying, don't you care about anybody else's feelings exactly. but your, yeah. your own? Yeah, you don't yeah. usually see the
3: teenager as
1: uh-huh. the like, no, mature one. Yeah.
3: yeah, the older brother, he's like very protective of the mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's
2: it, it, he's probably a Mamas boy which I think is a great thing. Yeah. I love mom's boys but that's probably why, you know, he's probably...
1: He reminds me like of of I had an older cousin, Randy Benedict, and he reminds me of, of Randy mm-hmm. at that age, because Randy was, uh, like, the one in charge, and kind of put all the other kids... Yeah, well, you, you know, know, dad's gone, Yeah, he yeah, feels he's like he's got to step in, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Help the mom her. is, like, saying, I'll, whenever we find the alien, we'll, we'll call somebody to catch it, and she's looking at, at at the window, and she turns around and is like, Mexico? He, he I thought he needed to it. like, Yeah, he, he's just yeah.
3: going there because he loves this. Person, so she's
1: saying, yeah.
2: "Well, loves and, that, and that's well, and that, think about it. You've been in relationships, right? Yeah. And then when when that relationship, let's let's say, I always wanted to go to Ireland, and you know, the guy that I was dating didn't didn't like Ireland, never wanted to go, didn't stand it, and then you find out he goes with a girl after you. Yeah, it's that same heartbreak, yeah. you know. It's that well, they didn't want to go with me. What, yeah. What's so better about her than me? It's just that sad." Well yeah. oh, that's you know, yeah. that's getting
4: back to that thing where I'm like, this you know, it's, it's not a kid's movie. Exactly. Yeah. Right <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's just like yeah. these really, really yeah. dark, deep themes of, you know, mm-hmm. heartbreak and broken families and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And like how do I you know, how do I like, follow through when, like, the plan doesn't work out the way that it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. And I was looking through you know, we talked about how this is just, like, a universally loved movie. Like, people just love this oh, movie. yeah, all like over. It's hard to find somebody who doesn't. And the one person who I found who really didn't like this movie, at least when it came out, was uh, George Will. Oh, and, wow. like, the things he didn't like were a couple things. One of the things was he felt like it didn't, you know, it had children rebelling and he's just doing his, like, you know, conservative thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing he didn't like was how science was portrayed. In the movie which like I actually what was it, his
2: interpretation of how science was portrayed
4: that science is the bad guy mm-hmm. and that we shouldn't trust like the scientific mm-hmm. method and like I kind I actually that actually kind of resonated with me mm-hmm. watching it again how you know I, I guess when I was younger I probably thought all these, all these scientists need to get out of the way and let yeah. Elliot take care of it but like watching it again I was like they're only malevolent because of the music Like all these people are trying to help and trying Mm -hmm. to do the right thing and they're getting around like, and trying to like fix things and trying so hard and they're using like the best guesses we have. And especially just like in this like moment of like alternative facts and fake news and like skepticism of science. I'm kind of like, I don't like that message. Like that's like kind of an ugly message to me that like we should just sort of throw out like all of this work that we've done to like. Build this, this, you know, the enlightenment and rationality, and say, like, no, just trust, like, you know, what one person's guess is at, like, what this person needs. That's like a that's kind of, I mean, I know it's like that's postmodernism, you know, yeah. but it's like, is that like really what's best for everybody? Yeah, I'm wondering though if the movie
1: is anti science or is it anti government in that regard. Because the one Or anti authority. is, you know, anti-authority. is how, how I see it's it more as. anti authority, I think. It's, it's from a from it's,
2: the kid's perspective. Yeah, from a yeah. kid's perspective.
3: I think, yeah. I, think, I, think, yeah. I think from the kid's perspective, because they don't understand the intentions of these people. You don't. Mm-hmm. You, you're in the yeah. dark about the intentions of these people trying to. Because they're obviously tipped off about something going on, because they arrive at this They spaceship. were also
2: in the beginning. Yeah, they were in the beginning.
3: Down. And. Uh, they're in the like, house. They're breaking mm-hmm. into the house. Yeah, they Or anything. No, that's
2: not cool. Yeah, That yeah. part is yeah. not cool.
3: And, and if an alien touched down, that would be a huge deal and there would be some mm-hmm. shady sh- stuff going on, you know, because that would be a huge monumental thing. It's like taking a... the wrong turn for the
1: greater good kind of thing. Like, we have to get this contained yeah. even if it breaks I think lunch. the scientists
3: come up... They're, they're just trying to... They're just doing their jobs. They're fascinated. Yeah. They're trying to help. And uh, but to kids, it's like like you said, Drew Barrymore sees it and it scares her because she doesn't understand what's. It's like not um, understanding what's going on. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. intent of what they're trying to do has not been made clear to.
4: to well, the like, Elliot's been I think when I was a kid, I didn't realize like Elliot was wrong a lot of the. Yeah, because like, he's ten. Yeah, yeah. He wants to keep ET on Earth, and like ET's right. not supposed to be there, exactly. and yeah. he's like, he's dying, and yeah. he, and when he's like in there in the operating room, like. He doesn't know either. Like nobody really knows what you're supposed to do in that situation because you're dealing with something that no one has dealt with before. And like they're trying to use their best guesses yeah. and he's trying to use his best guess, but like everyone's kind of just making, you know, not not getting anywhere, you know.
2: Not to not to move shift this back to like the emotional side of it, but kind of like I said earlier, you know, my interpretation now seeing it again as an adult is that, you know, ET really is a is a vehicle or a metaphor or a He's, he's, he's filling a void and a hole in Elliot's heart, and and Elliot can't let go. And in many yeah. ways, ET's, E.T. is a representation of the absent father.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's kind of what I think, you know? And that's why in those scenes he's very protective. He doesn't want to let him go. He wants him to stay there. In a lot of ways it's that being a, not being able to let go and move on, and I think he does feel um, left behind. Yeah. You know, we think back to the comments that he made earlier in the movie, like, I wish your dad was your dad, but I understand. That, that's telling you, you know, from a psychological standpoint, this is the part in the episode where we sit on my, my couch. <laughs> I always do, like, a psychological analysis. But, you know, that's telling us he, he's thinking about his dad a lot. His dad's heavy on his heart, heavy on his mind, and there's probably a lot of feelings of inadequacy and loss. And, you know, then all of a sudden E.T. comes into his world and serves as a distraction, serves as a, a being to kind of help fill that void and kind of restore Elliot so that way he can start to move on and, and really strengthens the bond in the family.
4: Yeah. Well, that you plays know? out in the, yeah. the like, the, mo- the motif plays out in the telekinetic Absolutely. thing. Like, mm-hmm. they have, like, they have, like, this, mm-hmm. you know, he he feels what the, what E.T. feels mm-hmm. and then, like when he's dying they like slowly start drifting apart and mm-hmm. like you see that it's kind of cool how like science is used as like an actual explanation for what's happening in that scene and they're like oh they're they're on the same wave like they're on the same wave. Yeah. oh they're breaking off from each other mm-hmm. and it's like you can see it playing out in that mm-hmm. scene yeah, yeah. He, i think
3: et is he's like a scientist or he's a plant he healing. was a
2: botanist Botanists. yeah they're that's why he had the that's why he could fix the plants
3: and uh what a great, in the beginning, what a great scene when they all light up at the same time. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, that yes. is yeah. so awesome. Like, they just all yeah. stop
4: and they light yeah. up. I've forgotten mm-hmm. all about that scene at the yeah, very true. start where they're all fret, fret, fret there. Them, like, like yeah. I didn't realize, like, for me, like, E.T., how I remembered it, just started at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. And, like, I didn't remember that whole scene Yeah, like, it starts with the aliens. Uh-huh. It starts with E.T. and all of his friends.
2: E.T. gets out of the ship. Right. And yeah. then they leave him behind
4: and it starts that's so on qu-
2: accident but yeah that's yeah.
4: the movie starts so quiet uh
2: huh yeah.
3: you see like the cast mm-hmm. and it's just it's just a really kind of I wouldn't say ominous but very subtle score from John Williams At the very, no it is and ominous the very, yeah. very start of it, it is, is ominous yeah. yeah
1: which I didn't remember until I watched it this mm-hmm. time around.
3: and then my one of my favorite scenes is when E.T.'s walking through the forest and he's got mm-hmm. these giant redwood trees and it's like a shot of him from yes. far and he's walking through the trees yeah.
4: I, it's a, and he's it's a, feeling the same awe that we yeah. feel when we go yeah. into the redwoods, yeah. and, the, uh-huh. you, and you get these shots where you're oh. looking yeah. up yeah. at it's the redwoods, just so fe- and it's a, disappearing in the darkness. It might be one of the most
3: beautifully shot movies of all. Oh, things.
4: it is! I mean, this the redwoods—it's
3: the
1: California of your dreams. And you watch the redwoods in this movie; like, it, they are gorgeous. Cinematography in the forest. Like, anytime I think of the f- like. Uh, you want to visit the redwoods at night now, having seen ET, because you want to see if mm-hmm. it has that same effect on you, yeah. in real time. And, and they look beautiful in this movie. Like, I mean, he captures the suburban California that we all hear about in this movie from start to bottom. Like, yeah. you can even see the hills yep. on the on, on the uh-huh. streets and everything. Yep. And it's like oh, oh the bike chases chases yeah. around the hills. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like when they're trick or treating, you can see like oh my god, that's there. There's a legit hills. And
2: well, and, and the classic flying scene.
3: Yeah,
1: just yeah. the
2: beautiful forest. There's oh yeah,
3: the moon. The
2: moon. I mean, how iconic! That's a ago, yeah. yeah, it's just amazing. Um, and, and the music. I mean, we would be doing this podcast to serve if we didn't talk about how oh my God. fantastic oh the score in this movie is yeah. uh, the score is an additional character. It they is. should re revise the ending credits and be like <laughs> music played by John Williams.
1: I must say, like once a week, John Williams it's is a genius because like oh. he, so many movies that I grew up with, he he was mm-hmm. he provided the score and they're all amazing like you know I know them beat for beat like you know all the stuff star- the original trilogy for the star wars et raiders of the lost ark i know those scores by yeah. heart
2: but there, there uh, there's a um, there's such a unique beauty in the et score even if i just am listening to it without even watching the movie it would probably bring me to tears at some point you know it's just it's a beautiful it just hits you, you know? It's so um, enchanting, and I, I think it just evokes mm-hmm. deep feeling. Yeah. And, you know, it just...
4: Well, and that that ominous, mm-hmm. you know, that the yeah. you brought up, Sean, about at the very start, how, you know, you're getting the title credits, and it's mm-hmm. not... It's just a black background, and it's just... It's, like, very kind of scary music. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm I'm going to bring up the thing one more time because I love that movie so much and it came yeah. out the same month and it was so overshadowed by E.T. but like they start out so similar mm-hmm. like the fonts are very similar you got the Morricone theme in uh, in the thing that, that like is also just like very ominous and scary you have the ships coming in they go in extremely different directions mm-hmm. afterwards but like I think it it sort of captures like when like the fear of the unknown mm-hmm. and the other and us just you know so much of sci-fi especially uh, Spielberg sci-fi is like we are our own worst enemies, and mm-hmm. like when life forms come to see us, it's gonna be our, we're gonna see ourselves in that reflection, and like hopefully what we see is n- good, and mm-hmm. it's not it's not evil, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean,
2: they're just people like us, or people mm-hmm. quote unquote, but yeah, beings like us.
3: Spielberg, for as big as his movies are, he always starts quiet, kind of. I know Close Encounters is a great opening with the, the sandstorm and then the sandstorm clears and it's all the airplanes that have been picked up and it's just dropped and it's just this, this really emotional like awe-inspiring moment like and then Jaws is the shark takes the girl down. My know.
2: favorite moment in Close Encounters was when the credits started. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> One thing with this movie that when I was um, revisiting it This week was, I remember how much I identified with Elliot when I saw it as a kid. That was a powerful thing for me because, like, I remember as a kid, like, oh, Elliot, he's me. Like, that's exactly how I would react if E.T. came in, like, into a T. And when I saw his Star Wars action figure collection and he's handing to E.T., I had all of those figures, and it's exactly what I do when my friend came over. He's like, oh, yeah, this is Hammerhead, this is Boba Mm -hmm. Fett, and he did it the way the kid would do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The kids in this movie, are as authentic as you're going to find. They are yeah. kids. They yeah. aren't perfect. They have, you know, their their quirks. They fight with each other all the time. Well,
2: that's how siblings that's are. That's
1: what they are. And yeah. and but I mean, it's it's rarely captured on film mm-hmm. or even on television as well as they do it here. Because they're good actors. They're good yeah, actors. They're Really good actors. And Spielberg must have done a great job working yeah. with these kids to get them. Do you to want to know
2: a fun fact? So I think Henry Thomas. That right? That's yeah. who played Elliot. So um, yeah. They were, getting, they were like a month away from actual filming. And Spielberg still did not have an Elliot. Which, you know, you kind of need Elliot to make <laughs> this movie, right? Yeah. He, he, I think he had Drew Barrymore already cast and um, the older brother already cast, but didn't have Elliot. And he saw many, many kids and nobody was just doing it for him. And then he, one of his, you know, somebody in his network said, hey, take a look at, you know, Henry Thomas. He just finished this movie. I don't remember what it was, but he may be a good You know, he's kind of in the parameters of age and everything of what you want. So he came in and, um, you know, read the script and stuff. And then they ended up doing this improvised scene. Because Steven Spielberg kind of wanted to see if he could get emotional. He's like, so we're we're just going to make things up, you know, just answer to my questions. He's like, I'm going to ask you questions. And, you know, the motivation behind this is... You know, you have, think of your dog or your best friend. Oh you know, that's what yeah. he said. Yeah. He said, do you have a dog at home? And, you know, he said, yeah. You can actually watch his audition on YouTube. It's really sweet. Like, yeah. wow. I cried. Oh, yeah. His, yeah. He
4: cries? Yeah. And I cried. I mean, it, it,
2: it's so touching. And so then Steven Spurber was saying, like, pretend, he's like, I'm going to pretend that I'm from the government and then I want to take your dog away. That I want to do tests and Jesus. things like that and take your dog away. And I want you to, you know, answer the questions I'm asking you. And within like the first two or three questions, you know, the little boy started crying, not like bawling, but just like, no, don't take him away. You know, that kind of very, very Dorothy and Toto-esque, you know, that same feeling. And then it was so cute because that was the improvised part. And then afterwards, Steven Spielberg said, well, kid, you got the job. And then everybody started laughing and you see the little boy smile and it's just sweet. Um, But, you know, I just think it's neat. That he essentially got that role from just doing an improvised...
4: Well, did you hear what he conjured scene. up before that? What? He, he... Like, his dog died. He watched his dog get killed by another dog next door. Oh,
2: I didn't know that.
4: His, his chihuahua was murdered Aww. killed by another dog. And when he asked him that, he thought of Aww. that happening and, Aww. like, had to sort of conjure up that painful
2: Aww. memory.
4: And that's what... Yeah, Because yeah, it's so genuine, yeah. I mean, yeah. it
2: really was really beautiful. They
3: talk about, uh, yeah, that's...
2: Being improvisers, I just thought that that was cool. Yeah. To know that really that's what got him, that role was the doing shift, a completely you know, improvised amazing. scene. Mm-hmm. And because I always have to squeeze in Audrey Hepburn in every podcast, she uh-huh. also got um, cast in Roman Holiday by improvising.
3: Oh, yeah, doing that's right. After
2: yeah. her scene. It's a good and, way
3: to see if they can. You can well, do it yeah,
2: to see well, to see the real personality, yeah. like because after the for Audrey, it was like after the screen test, she was like nervous and she said something like, "Did they like me?" and like just smiled and was yeah. like real charming. Mm-hmm. And that apparently, that little banter at the end of her kind of being herself is what they were like. Yeah, we want her.
3: Yeah, yeah. Drew, Drew Barrymore's dialogue seems. Almost improvised, like, she's like mm-hmm. what, what? Oh God, what's, she is good. What's mm-hmm. Mexico? Like she, the way she says yeah. it is like oh, it's, yeah. it's it's. Yeah, it's I like what <laughs> I like what I said. I don't like his feet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't
4: like his feet. Oh my God! <laughs> what I love too is that she. has
2: such a kid reaction. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah.
3: Don't You're... be
1: pushy, pushy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she. She reacts to E.T. the way a kid would react to E.T. Yeah. Like, she's scared of him at first. Uh-huh. But then she's like, when she sees him walking around and the mom doesn't even know he's in there, she's just like, don't go there, go yeah. there. You know, like, why are you doing that? Like, uh-huh. no self-awareness whatsoever, which is great about kids. Oh, God, yeah. And I think the and older she dresses brother,
2: him up when the t- oh, oh I, I love that. I taught
1: yeah. how to talk. Uh, yeah, that's
2: so cute. I <laughs> and she how did. she did. She taught how to, yeah, taught she how to did. speak <laughs> English. It's uh, cute.
1: Because she doesn't have those
4: inhibitions with him But you know, yeah. well, e. E.T. is dressed up ridiculously uh-huh. E.T. has no inhibitions because yeah, E.T. Yeah, like so is e. a drag queen yeah E.T. E. is just it's like,
3: like I love when E.T. is wearing <laughs> a bathrobe and he's drunk and he's walking oh, yeah. around
2: oh my yeah. Yeah. I like, like when he falls like flat in the kitchen
4: yeah <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. When, when she opens the fridge and hits him in the face yeah, and bad, he falls over how would you guys describe E.T.'s personality on the whole oh that's a great question that's a great question. He's just like
3: uber curious about He's so everything. Curious. He's such a scientist. He's yeah. such a scientist. Mm-hmm. He's just, just wants to get out of this car. He's very gentle. I'm going to taste this car. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, a,
4: there's a great Yeah. They,
3: they always shoot him, like at the beginning, it's always like backlit. Yeah, you don't see it. It's ominous and we have to talk about the lighting later but oh um. yeah he comes out of the bedroom and there's backlit when his first day alone and a dog comes up and you think of the dog's in the park and he comes up and he starts pit- so he's starting to get used to his surroundings yeah. and knowing what it is and he goes down and he, he grabs a beer <laughs> and he's just drinking it and uh, well, playing with that thing. He the Coke before, so he
1: knows yeah. like, he just opened Yeah, it.
4: he
2: knows how to open it. Yeah, his little hands.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you get to sense that he's kind of an outlier with his own race in a way, because I think the, reason, the curiosity is what gets
4: the yes. worst of him. Yes,
2: That's why he got, got left behind. Yeah. Yeah. He was wondering, yeah, he was because wandering so, in the forest and they forgot about Well, him.
4: and to talk about Close Encounters again. In Close Encounters, <laughs> the very end, uh spielberg well the, the same designer carlo rimbaldi was the yeah. guy who designed the close encounters aliens and spielberg said i want to make sure that these aliens at the very end are like different so there's the like big wiry ones and there are like the small short ones and like yeah. he was saying that like we in a lot of the alien movies we sort of see all aliens as like the same we sort of, yeah, look, like, yeah. kind of they're like, rushed, this but, like yeah. he wants to say like no they're they're different just like we are like yeah. they're like and, you know, there is, like, this sort of universal thing of, like, you know, the other. And, like, yeah. you know, we in America are just, like, dealing with this thing right now about, like, you know, different kinds of people in our country and how do, how we deal with that. And, like, I think there's just, like, a beautiful universalist message of, like, we're all dealing with shit. We all yeah. have, like, differences between Same. us. And we're all infighting. And we're all, like, we're all, you know, and no family is perfect. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's beautiful. It's, no, it's life such a is cool perfect. theme.
1: Uh, I'll tell you this from working in several diverse workplaces over time people have worry about the same stuff at their core. They worry about especially at their jobs, they worry about am I going to get money on the table? Can I feed my family? Getting irritated with the boss yeah, because you have to work. Say, Everybody has the it, same yeah. universal yeah. concerns. Are my so, kids ordering
3: you know. pizza without me knowing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love that scene because that, re- that scene reminded me of my childhood. Just like just, like, kids playing, and it's kind All of, not chaotic, but you're just kind of playing a board game, and you're ordering pizza, and then your mom's putting dishes away, because she's yeah. still doing her thing. It's just like a Friday night in suburbia, you know? It's you cool. Guys, well, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah. But, I mean, it just, the way it's directed, it just feels so... They're playing Dungeons & Dragons. Really? I haven't played Dungeons & Dragons, but... um it's funny how Stranger Things opens yes. almost exactly that's the same. No, that's where yeah. It's cool finally going back to
1: movie, <laughs> Stranger Things, up. you know? <laughs> yeah, they going to come up. So they're literally playing...
4: But Avengers, I'll tell you, yeah. one thing, it's amazing that those movies are so similar because I just, like one thing that I connected to so much in Stranger Things is Hawkins, Indiana and how like that yeah. Midwest, um, that, that Midwest setting is so similar to like where I grew up, you know? Yeah. Versus like Northern California, which is like, you know, it's got similarities, but it's still very alien. And I, I lived in Northern California for a couple of years in yeah. graduate school. Okay. And, and like seeing that for the first time after having lived there and being like, wow, okay, I'm, that space, like that context makes a lot more sense to me now. I felt the same way when we visited California a few years back when we went to Northern California. All that
1: stuff, especially the Redwoods, when you visit that, it's like, oh, this is like E.T. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I've thinking that. Yeah. And as you go through, it's like, this reminds me of E.T. Because it is. That's exactly where they filmed it.
3: Yeah, it's. Yeah. It, 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 the, the way they film the house, even that backyard with that shot, and they have the half moon lighting, and then you have the light in the, tr- the tool shed. Oh, the moon. It's The, very light, deep deep the tool shed, and, yeah. And then he's just sitting there. I mean, it's just so great. It's just, a,
2: a lot of it's very dreamlike, too. And, and yes. one of my kind of interpretations or theories is is this all a dream? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a daydream or an actual dream. Um, you know, the scene right before. There's a scene in the very beginning. Elliot's, I think, doing the dishes, and he's looking out of the window, and the steam from the dishes kind of comes up, and then I think it fades into the next scene with him yeah. laying outside, and then that's when he first encounters ET. Uh. So it's like, is that where it all began? You know, where the dream begins?
0: Yeah.
2: Because um, think about some of some of what happens. Just this this extraordinary encounter with. You know, an extraterrestrial, and then the flying bike, and mm-hmm. just all this these things that just don't seem realistic, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden kind of happened in his world. So that's kind of a, one theory that I like to entertain. Well, so, so much of the movie
4: happens at nighttime. That's what I need. Mean. yeah. Also, this is something I think is pretty interesting. For for kids that age, so little of the movie happens at school, <laughs> you just know? Just the one scene. There's just really the the that scene. one big scene.
3: Where he le- le- dances nightclub. with the girl. Oh, and he has to stand up on. Mm-hmm.
2: The, the guy to kiss her. And then, he, then she so moves good. her leg. I love that part. Yeah. When you see so all the little good. frogs flop and then she kind of yeah. tilts her little Mary Janes. Very, yeah. That's very yeah. stylish and I like that.
1: <laughs> with the frogs around him. It's hilarious. They're, is, watching, it. they they're off watching The Quiet Man, which is a favorite film of mine, the John Wayne movie with uh, Maureen O'Hara. And he does that twirl. It's a famous twirl. and He yeah. does that in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I love that homage Yeah, The Quiet Man. Which I didn't know was there until as an adult to see that was, was really cool.
4: Yeah, and that's another one of those, just like, you know, oh man, that scene just has so much wrapped in it yeah. with, like, you know, the, like, theme of, you know, how do we trust science and, like, you know, humanity versus, like, rationality yes. of, like, just let him free, let him free! Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, the motif of, like, those those frogs are E.T. And, yeah. you know, this he's seeing E.T. in in the frogs, and thinking, and, you know, universalism, it's just, like, all, I mean, it's, like, kind of ham-handed in a certain way, but, like, it's just so, like, over-the-top and fun that, like, you can't not like it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's,
2: it's, it's, it's it's kind of, like, um, I don't know why, but watching that part again this morning, it made me think of, like, Back to the Future. I don't know why, there's, there's an energy about it, and with the dance and and it just yeah. I'm like this is like a little Marty McFly like I don't yeah, know there, there's, there's that something about it that made me think of Marty McFly. Yeah, that,
1: that's definitely
3: a great comparison because <laughs> it's another.
1: Still you know the way he person.
2: acts in that movie. Yeah, yeah,
3: Yeah, like uh, the Reese PC's thing. Like. This is such a brilliant way to get them... To
1: you know, layer.
2: I wonder if sales increased after that. Oh, movie. yeah, yeah. Oh, they they it, were
1: everywhere. Made they made them. Everywhere. They basically yeah. made Reese's. Oh, really?
3: Oh. They
1: put the ET connection in every commercial. Could or, they
3: not get m ms or something? Because there was like They a,
1: could... I mean, I, I believe m ms
4: turned them down. They were. Oh my they're probably
2: <laughs> wishing they didn't now.
4: Oh. Yeah. Are they... Is Mars owned
2: by Hershey? I think Reese's is its own.
1: Reese's is its own. I think it's Hershey. they Uh,
2: are a Hershey company yeah Yeah, because I I, I
4: remember yeah but they so that's uh, different than Mars oh yeah yeah. I think Reese's works better because it's so unique it's like such a but then they did Coke and what was Mm that what was that they had another uh, they had another product placement I mean it was like product placement heavy movie
2: was the beer a certain kind of beer of course that was it of course
3: (laughs) yeah of course you know it's I like product placement the way it did here because kids would be drinking Coke Mm-hmm. You know, Reese pieces and of course,
2: course, course, like <laughs> <laughs> it would be. It, you, have a to drink, silver bullet. you have to drink a
4: beer. Honestly, so. I thought that was like a fascinating thing to have. You know, we call it a kids' movie, and then to have like a scene where Elliot gets drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it really shows. Like in a lot of ways, we are much more liberal about alcohol today than we were in the eighties. Oh, totally. But. In some ways, we are, like, not... I mean, when it comes to, like, kids and drinking, and uh, alcohol, yeah. like, there's just a lot more stigma around that. And to have that scene, and then to have a scene where they're like, okay, we gotta have the moralizing scene with Harrison Ford, and then just be like, nah, just cut it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Let, let's let it be. But Again, he, yeah. which, which, which makes me think, what's this all a dream? Yeah. You know, here he is doing these grown-up things, getting away with not going to school, with pulling the stunt with the frogs. Like, would he really ever get away with that in real life? those kinds kinds of um, things that are happening to him and the one thing I do want to point out is that when Elliot does get drunk notice how much better his life gets like in terms of he becomes very bold and and daring and he seems like he's having fun so is that like a subliminal message that like drinking is fun
4: (laughs) I don't know (laughs) Well, th- I mean, I think this kind of like taps into another bigger theme, which well, this is just sort of like looking at today's kids versus kids these days. This was a mother who was like, you know, very involved and like very protective, but she still was like, just make sure you're back an hour after. So relax, oh, yeah. you kids. <laughs> make yeah. sure you're, you know, like They, they still seem to be like. Th- just a lot more, like, you can just see, like, the helicopter parent generation of today versus mm-hmm. that, like, more open, more, like, just, you know, let kids be kids kind of generation. having that independence. Yeah. You're yeah. exactly
2: right. Like, I mean, that's how it was when I was a kid. Well, we had to be home by dark.
1: The, the kids are mostly which, at home. Yeah. Most, most of the time, the kids are the ones at home anyway. The mother's barely mm-hmm. there until, like, late after because she's working to yeah. support everybody. Even when
3: Elliot caught, pretends to be sick, she just goes to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and yeah, he needs Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Almost like she's like, I know you're kind of faking it. And the brother calls him on. I was like, Hey, faker, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, he's like, you gotta go check this
4: out. And then, yeah, like, even, even Drew Barrymore's just sort of like walking around on her own. And the, you know, the mom's not there yeah. watching her or anything. I love how they make her promise not to tell, but,
3: the first chance he gets, she's just, like, saying, Oh, Mom, there's this thing. <laughs> you gotta be yeah. easy. Well, that's
2: such a kid. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, the one thing I really like, I love the sibling dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, having, yeah. having you know, two older sisters and being the three the three musketeers. I really like that in the hard time. I mean, sure, they bicker and they go back and forth. That's like siblings do. But at the end of the day, I do like that there is a lot of love in the family and that the siblings support one another. And that the older brother is kind of paternal, Um because that really reminds me a lot of my older sister. She was, um, you know, like the mom in, in some ways. And, well, yeah, we all had our differences. But at the end of the day, you know, Cindy always took care of us. And I really like that Michael, you know, the older brother, is, is there for them and takes care of them. And I, and I think instead of having him be this nasty, mean old brother or, or old sister, which is the dynamic you see mm-hmm. in a lot of movies, right? You have the main person and then their older sibling who's mean.
1: Mm. yeah I mean he's, yeah. he yeah. He, is, yeah. he teases him like a brother does Absolutely. but he still takes care of him he's yeah. a quite essential older older brother in the movie though I don't mm-hmm. think anybody tops this performance mm-hmm. really what's brother.
3: he doing before you see ZT? E. when he's turned around he's doing a voice yeah pretend to be, I'm to suck e.
4: your e. blood he's yeah. like he sees him he's like holy he's the shit. Yoda voice isn't he doing the Yoda voice oh yeah on? yeah, yeah, yeah. the Yoda voice yeah do it they do not
2: do not no but I love how
3: yeah. he wants the older brother to see it, and then as soon as he sees it, the, girl, the Drew Barrymore barges in, and she's like, and then... His, like,
2: neck, E.T.'s neck yeah. is, like, really... Good. Yeah, I don't yeah. like his neck. That's what freaks me out. I, it's like, uh, it gets yeah.
1: long. I only knew his yeah. long neck. When, when you see him with a short neck, it always throws me off. Oh like, well, yeah, he does... But it
2: goes up and down. Yeah, yeah. I, like I don't like longer. his
3: feet. <laughs> I love it when he's underneath the, the ghost costume, when he's wearing the, the thing through his head, and E.T. Ouch.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fake, <laughs> it's fake. <big>, <laughs> <big. laughs> ouch,
3: ouch, ouch.
1: So I found some interesting things about Reese's PC's uh, connection and, and, and M&Ms. M&M's. did turn them down because they didn't want m ms to be associated with an extraterrestrial creature oh eating it. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Yep. That's So Reese's yeah, yeah, so yeah. took over, and it says they reported that their sales went up to like 65 to
4: 85 percent of wow. this movie that's a wow. massive oh my massive god jump. that's I mean,
0: almost double huge. The,
4: yeah. this movie, that's huge yeah, yeah. this movie was the biggest movie since Star Wars and it, it was, was yeah like I said before like until like it didn't topped until Jurassic Park in 1993, and that's 11 years of being the top-grossing movie of all time. And Here's... then
2: Titanic happened in 97.
4: And I'm sure if you adjusted for inflation, it's still in the, like, the top five, top ten. Yeah, I adjusted for inflation. $2.1 yeah. billion. <laughs> wow. That tells you everything you need to know.
1: <laughs> so I'm sure MMs is like, okay, we regret that decision.
4: Big But time. what's amazing is it? And they spent, they spent $28 million in today's dollars. Yeah. So it's $10.5 <laughs> in there. So this 75 times Payback. Unbelievable. Uh, that. <laughs> That's right.
3: This is the Spielberg movie, though, right? Yeah. This is like the template. Like this is his movie, like hundred percent. Because there's no, like we said, there's no huge star in it that you can say, you know. There's people Carried that, it. you know, Drew Barrymore and probably more. So now, but. Uh,
2: oh, I yeah. love it too when he when at the scene when he sees the ship at the end and he kind of just smiles with his eyes. You oh today. yeah, so sweet. I just want to hug him.
3: <laughs> yeah, it, it, he says he'll say be good. <laughs> talk be about the talk,
4: <laughs> talk about the dollars. <laughs> though. <hugged> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they spent ten point five million on the movie, and they spent one point five million designing him.
2: He's so sweet. Wow, but so it's,
4: it's one point five million. And it was it, every it, dime every, worth. It. <laughs> every, yeah, it was. Yeah, he have got the. Oh bone. man, that's money well spent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they had they had four heads for him. They had four different yeah. heads. And then they had the costume, mm-hmm. and they had two dwarfs that were playing him, and a twelve-year-old boy with hand no mime. legs. Yeah, and the and the hand
1: mime. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing that, that, that you know is eye-opening now is that Columbia turned this project down because they wanted the malevol- malevolent alien project. And I'm sure they regret that, even though they made some proceeds based on that deal they made. And then M and M's turned it down. They probably didn't think much of it. they were like, ah, it's not something we're interested in. And then it's like Greasy Species becomes as, has yeah. this huge sales increase. And that amazes me because Spielberg had already directed Jaws, which at its time was the highest-grossing film <laughs> of all time. So he's had three instances where he's so had mad. the highest-grossing film ever made. Yeah. It was That's Jaws crazy. in the 70s, E.T. in the 80s, and Jurassic Park in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. incredible.
4: Did... Did Columbia end up picking up a *Malevolent* level- level uh, movie? No, like what happened is a lot of those ideas apparently
1: were dispersed initially into different Spielberg projects. Like, like uh, *ET* was one because you know the, the boy bonding with the alien, and then the *Poltergeist* took some of those ideas, and then *Gremlins* took some of those ideas okay. too. So, because yeah. they were supposed to be gremlin-looking aliens, I guess based on what I, I read. Interesting. So. Um, it, it, the Mogwai too. The, the Gizmo being the good, gremlin, oh, yeah. quote unquote, and bonding with with the boy was also kind of from that Was idea. Gizmo
3: the same people that did ET? Uh, as far as I would play? love to research and see if Gizmo was designed so. by
4: the same person. Dante directed this. I, I, I don't um, think you know, so. Ram, Rimbaldi he did Close Encounters and Alien was the big one that he had. Alien oh, oh, he yeah, did that too. Yeah,
3: Ampromorph or whatever it's called.
4: I, I don't know what it's called, but yeah, yeah, that was him though. Those are
1: three. Distinctly iconic alien designs. And it's it cool ends. how they credit.
3: It's cool how they c- credit Carlo in this movie. They just says "ET created by," and then it's Carlo.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's oh, not yeah, like yeah, designed yeah,
3: yeah. by. It's created by. I think that's a yeah, cool way to get credit for it. Yeah.
1: Rick Baker was originally going to be the uh, the the creature designer for this film because huh. he was hot after American Werewolf in London. Okay. He was working with. Uh, Spielberg on Watch the Skies, like we talked about. When Spielberg changed the idea, uh, he uh, he was furious with the project. Mm -hmm. He was furious with Spielberg for changing it to E.T. because he wanted to work on that other film. So he left, and that's how Carlos got involved. And
2: reading this, so going back to what you said earlier, uh, Drew Barrymore actually auditioned for the role of Carol Ann in Poltergeist, and Steven Spielberg saw her and said you are perfect for another movie that I'm getting ready to make. Wow. And so they ended up casting Heather O'Rourke, which I thought she did fantastic yeah, as Carol Ann. And then Drew Barrymore got, you know, E.T. Yeah. Which I think was a good fit. Like, Heather O'Rourke was really sweet and adorable, but there's there's just a um, a unique quality about Drew Barrymore. I think that is better for this movie than... It, it is. I, I
1: think that uh, the family dynamics are... More fully explored in ET than they are in Poltergeist. <laughs> Poltergeist, you don't really get a, a great deal of feel for the the kids as much in that movie as you're doing in well, ET. They're fully fleshed out. Yeah. In well,
2: team. I think I think in Poltergeist Heather Work is a little bit creepier looking. She is. Just in general, like she can be that scary little girl, and she had that blonde blonde hair and there was, like piercing kind of eyes. But I think Drew Barrymore is just more wholesome and sweeter, mm-hmm. and she fits she fits better into being the cute little sister mm-hmm. instead of the possessed girl. Yeah.
1: Uh, I personally connected with Craig T. Nelson in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Craig T. Nelson. That was my emotional connective tissue for that film.
2: Was... E.T. is asexual. In case anybody was wondering.
4: Oh, okay. so Elliot yeah, was wrong. Yeah, he
3: said he kept calling him he...
4: Well, Andrew Barrymore goes, is, he a bo- is, it, is it a yeah. boy or a girl? Yeah. It's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's definitely... What's a 10-year-old? <laughs> <laughs>
0: like,
3: he's gotta be a boy, guys. No way. No no say, way. A 10-year-old would say that, you know? Yeah, yeah. 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 It's a boy.
2: <laughs> oh, so the classic, the iconic scene where E.T. hides with the stuffed animals in the closet was actually Robert Zemeckis's idea.
4: Oh, To put him brilliant. with the stuffed
2: animals, you know, because it's cute yeah, and realistic.
4: Brilliant. Oh, that's such a great scene. Where uh-huh. she walks in the closet.
2: Yeah. I love
1: how close a lot of those guys were back then, that they were helping each other out with their own movies. Like Spielberg, Zemeckis, Lucas, all those guys, they were like always helping each other out with different ideas
2: and stuff.
3: Yeah, yeah. And it comes to a head in the recent movie, Ready Player One, where they have a lot of that. Yeah, it just really goes over to... The...
2: Fun fact, Michael Jackson owned one of the puppets used in the film.
3: I can see that. That yeah,
1: makes That's a In fact, I'd be shocked if he didn't own a puppet from this movie. Yeah. He actually recorded, I think, Michael Jackson and Quincy Jones worked on an E.T. album before the film oh, really? was released. Yeah, they actually wow. did like a... Uh, spoken word album oh
2: wow I want to hear that, that. yeah
1: it is it, in 1982 think about that that's when Thriller was released in E.T. so that yeah. was a massive year in the oh, 80s because it yeah. yeah. It's it's behemoth yeah. pop yeah. culture phenomenon yeah. 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 Released.
4: was Thriller the, the oh. top selling album of the decade it was yeah wow. they
2: should have had E.T. doing the Thriller dance <laughs> with his little feet oh my god that's so
4: cute <laughs> if, if you google
1: Michael Jackson E.T. you'll have a ton of photos that of needs to happen you know mm-hmm. yeah can't you, you
2: see him dragging his little feet <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Well, Spielberg and Jackson were probably the two biggest entertainers in the world at that point. Yeah, uh, don't discount like Madonna. Oh, she was almost. On oh, the we're
2: talking '83 of the decade. I thought you said the decade. Yeah, she's, decade. yeah she's, okay.
1: she's still in the club somewhere in New York. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I mean, I want to put Prince up there too, but yeah. yeah, Prince I think is was probably he was hitting his peak around that time too. But yeah. Prince appealed to a different yeah. audience than those two, did, really. They were family-oriented, even Michael Jackson was kind of a a family-oriented entertainer in some ways. Prince was not. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. He was responsible for a lot of families. (laughs) Yeah, he was, yeah. A lot of families respond from Prince
2: albums,
1: but they weren't necessarily... I instantly, like, when
2: you said that, I I wish that we could start playing... um, that one Prince song The one that's like You must be The most beautiful Oh man.
0: <laughs>
2: Cause that's God like Such Prince. like a sexy song Like A lot of kids Are probably conceived To that song on Valentine's, Bat- Day. <laughs> on Valentine's Day
1: Prince got <laughs> Batman With Jack Nicholson <laughs> Dancing to him. That's what that's he does true. <laughs> like, That was his movie connection yeah.
2: We have to so, link um, that, that Prince song That's a great song
4: Yeah um, Lighting Man yeah, I could not gorgeous. believe The lighting in this movie Like I, I feel yeah. like I haven't I feel like I feel like more than any movie I've seen. Like the lighting is just like outrageous. The the flashlights. Mm-hmm. And people always talk about flashlights in the in the in the woods. Uh, the tool shed. That lighting coming from you know backlit ET when you first like see him right there. Mm-hmm. Um, El, The a lot of like the, the when like Elliot's in his room. Yeah, his when he's sick, his mom um, closes the blinds and it just becomes dark in the uh-huh. room. Even in yeah. the daytime, it's like night yeah. inside his room. Yeah. And when he's, uh, when, uh, there, there's the scene where the mom is reading Peter Pan, which Peter Pan is like, Oh, how interesting that ties in 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 throughout the whole thing. Yes. Um, and then you see the, like the, the big silhouette of her on the wall while they're, while E.T. and Elliot are looking out of the closet at them. And is there, I, I couldn't remember. I haven't seen Peter Pan or like read that in a while, but like, I feel like there's a scene where Wendy is like reading something. Yeah, in and she's Peter Pan's shadow. And, yeah, yeah that's yeah, the, the whole shadow. thing. His
2: shadow. She caught his shadow, yeah. and that's how they became to. Because yeah, that's yeah, it was his shadow, and she caught it and sewed it back on. him, remember?
4: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just like I, I couldn't believe it how how much like the lighting was just intense. It was just mm-hmm. so so like mm-hmm. it was a huge part of it. Go back to the the lighting thing. and
2: the yeah. music, absolutely, and it ties in with kind of my theory on maybe this is all a dream, which I love that concept. I think that's
3: yeah. dreamy. I like the I like the scene when they, he hears E.T. outside, and they pan mm-hmm. up from the bunk bed, and they get the dog, and the dog responds to it. And you're thinking they're going to pan up to Elliot, and he's going to wake up, but he's already up. I just like that. He's already ready to go. I just think that's great. It just... Cause I thought they like they'd show him like getting startled yeah. and getting up, but he's just
2: like. Well, it's like a little kid. Think about. Yeah. I mean, that's like Christmas Eve, man. I don't know about you guys, but I heard
3: this. <laughs> yeah, like right
2: at like whatever time it was, I was up. There's it's a Christmas guy. Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're when you're a kid, you just you know you're um, incredibly reactive.
4: The dog is cool. It's I mean the dog is kind of like Arby. Harriet and Barrymore and ET, where it's like these just pure. Mm-hmm benevolent, like, good He was characters. a golden retriever, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. yeah. So, Which is so yeah.
2: classic, Americana. Yeah, yeah.
4: And tree. like, you know, trying to like, also dealing, like, responding in a lot of the ways that E.T. and Elliot who was responding, were like, barking at first and then like, yeah. realizing like, it's okay, mm-hmm. it's good, and... Yeah. Yeah. It's...
3: Yeah, like, uh, there's a lot of... I would of...
2: like to see E.T. riding on the back of Harvey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: With those stumpy legs. I'm sure
3: yes.
2: <laughs> I want to make a calendar of like E.T. and all these crazy different Gym scenarios. Thriller. Yes. Friday for October. Friday. That'll be October. <laughs> for Christmas I want him dressed up as like an elf for Santa Claus.
3: A couple of my favorite random scenes is one when the, one of the guys finds the Reese Pieces in the forest and he just grabs one and starts eating Espres-
2: it. Yes. It's yes. so uh, weird. Yes. 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 And <laughs> yeah. yeah. he picks hey. it up and he's
4: like. <laughs> yeah. You
3: just hear crunch, crunch,
4: yeah. crunch. Yeah.
2: And you then, can't uh, waste them. Oh yeah,
4: Oscars, it won best sound editing and best sound Oh yeah, the crunching of it. The yeah. sound was amazing. Yeah. yeah. The other
3: scene I like is when he hears, he sees the flower mm-hmm. in, the, in the hospital, come, or the roving hospital, the flower comes spring back because that's a sign, E.T.'s connected to the flower. Mm-hmm. And he opens up the thing and he unzips the body bag and he says like, "E.T. phone home." Yeah. I just love how when he goes, "E.T. phone home," he's like, "Pick a Yeah, I just love how it's almost like a question. E.T. phone home.
2: Yeah. yeah, he's like, "I'm ready to go home now."
3: <laughs> or when he says E.T. Like, e. E.T. E.T.
1: E.T. 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 Yes, yeah, he like, yeah, well, you know, it, e. e. yeah, that was great. Yeah. E.T. Yeah. Yeah. E. E.T. 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 Fun
2: fact, Elliot, first initial E. Last letter, I should say. First letter in the name E, last letter in the name T. Wow, e, yeah. T.
1: Another fun fact. I got our confirmation on the Michael Jackson. There is legit, there is a full-fledged album. It's a spoken word, audio book, soundtrack album. By Michael Jackson, it was produced by Quincy Jones and it has a John Williams score and he narrates the whole movie and he cries when E.T. dies on the Michael recording. Jackson does. Michael Jackson. Aww. He cried cried so much when he was reading it in the He reads the He scripts. narrates the whole movie. I see it. I've never heard it. it. Was shocking that it didn't have this it was released like in November. The film came out in June, so it was well after the movie that is then. so it weird. Came <laughs> it, it came out the same it came year. out the same year. It came out the same month as Thriller, too. The same month as Thriller, he released a soundtrack album to What? And it won Grammy Award for Best Recording for Children.
2: That's amazing. Michael Jackson is gold.
1: <laughs> that is so strange. I need to listen to this now. This I is one of it. the...
3: I think it was one of the... They used to have trading cards for movies. Do you guys remember this? Yeah, the Tops. The oh, tops yeah. trading cards, and it would just be scenes from the movie. And I remember one of the scenes was, obviously, the, the stuffed animal ET yeah. there. But I, I knew the movie from those cards because it was just like scenes from the movie. Yeah. Yes, yeah.
2: I remember those. They were like stills. Yeah. yeah. Movie stills. Yes.
3: I I love those too, and uh-huh. I had them. I do. I did
1: have a, a, a record of the of the movie. They used to have these small like audio books. You would just put on 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 the uh, record, and it would play the whole movie. It would have for all the Star Wars films that did not happen. This was a totally different thing. I did not know about this Michael Jackson recording that's <laughs> out there. That I think you is. need
2: to get on eBay and see if we can find I know, that. I
1: need to listen to that. Is it on vinyl? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it is. Yeah.
2: It probably originated on yeah, vinyl. I'm sure.
1: I'm sure you can, our record store date will have like a, a an official release of it in some printing. But uh, that just shows so how big this movie was that someone like Michael Jackson at that point
3: is taking time out to record Mm a whole yeah Yeah, these are yeah the training cards that's what they were
0: yeah Mm -hmm. oh this
4: is a crazy Mm -hmm. thing so that's a trading card there with um how big this movie was yeah just how different things were from then so this movie of course was the biggest movie when it came out in june yeah made it made back all of like how much it cost to make in the first week and then it was number one or number two all the way through december (laughs) Wow. It it hit number one again in December. I remember distinctly. Around
2: Christmas, probably. Yeah, yeah.
4: My uncle took me to see it when it was still in
1: theaters, like, and I just assumed ET was always in theaters because I was a kid.
2: I just said, <laughs> so "Oh, it's always in theaters."
1: ET's probably playing somewhere, you know. I didn't. I took it for granted that that's how long movies, movies yeah. were in there forever. <laughs> you know, I do think all movies did have a longer showing than they do today. Yeah. Today they only go for what a month or so, and then they go yeah. to yeah. The smaller theaters, and then they go straight to DVD where and iTunes where back then I think they had longer runs and signed up for longer runs even if it wasn't making that much money yeah it's a different time you know Yeah, Yeah. they didn't have as many theaters
4: either back then I'm sure as they do now screens Uh, one time I I remember do you think that's the case do you think that there I mean probably more, maybe more screens now but less theaters because I I mean they're just you've seen so many small like community theaters closed down you know uh, and I you know in Columbus right now we have several like indie theaters, like the we Drexel do. and the Gateway. Gateway and I, love I think that's like a that. fantastic thing about Columbus. That is, like we have not a. Not every city has that. And
2: no. Columbus is, our, our Gateway's uh, this summer going to be probably doing the Cult 101 series. Isn't that what it's they called? That
4: all this year, I yeah. love that. Yeah. The, I the Cult that series great. that they yeah. do, they usually do great. it. And
2: Kappa just. Start just released their summer movie series. Where you get to see
1: these movies, mm-hmm. classic films on the big screen. Oh, those are Netflix cool, theater, yeah. I wish they'd they do, do they
3: E. T. That? Yeah. Oh, E. T. would be
1: That'd be fantastic. That's
2: a T.
3: hard T. movie to get. It's it's really protected like a Disney movie or oh, yeah, oh, really? a Star Wars movie. But... I
4: saw at the gateway last night. About now oh yeah. Oh so good. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. It so cool seeing that on the screen. Yeah. What was it called? Suspiria. I don't know. It's it's an Italian horror film. Oh yeah, yeah. okay. It's awesome. Um
1: one time I remember, too, is ET cereal. Every character in the oh, 80s yeah. had a cereal. Mr. T. had a cereal. E.T. had a cereal. But
2: you know who didn't have a cereal? Who? The Macho Man Randy Taddeus. <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: that, that, that's a horrible <laughs> over, oversight.
2: Service to yeah. the American kids.
1: Just like Madonna's struggling Macho Man's in the territories during this time. did uh, get you show. a Richard Dreyfuss cereal. Oh, wow. uh, God. <laughs> the cereal, I never liked the cereal either because it was peanut butter flavored. Because yeah. of Macy's pieces, pieces and I just thought it was peanut awesome. butter and I'm chocolate. You don't like peanut butter? You know, I, uh,
2: I, I kind of liked it. I, like, I,
1: liked I it. didn't. I'm not a peanut butter. I like peanut butter, but not necessarily a cereal Aww. flavor. Okay. Oh,
2: what is okay. it? Little teas and teas. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> it kind of looks like brains.
1: Yeah. Like, I had so it with some feathered <laughs> And there was a Gremlin cereal too, I remember. And there yeah, Mr. Uh, T had a cereal. Wow.
4: Everybody had a cereal in the 80s. I mean, I guess, like, with Star Wars, you really got that first, like, just ridiculous merchandising. Yeah, with Movies. Yeah. And then that just, you know, that just started being a thing where, yeah. like, movies were starting to figure out, like, wow, we can make a ton of movie off of more than just the ticket sales. Yeah. And this other thing was, like, VHS. Like everybody had ET at home. Yeah, like everyone had v- yeah. had like was able to watch it at home. It was an event when it was finally released. It was like five or six years
1: after the movie was in theaters, and it came out on video. And it was a big deal. It was like eighty eight, I think, when it finally came out. And it was an event. Everybody knew it was coming out because people hadn't seen it in like five or six years. I don't wow. think even HBO had the rights to it or anything like that. So everybody bought it. You know that which was, was a great marketing ploy by universal to get everybody out there to buy that that, that
4: that's the thing we got the 2.1 billion in today's dollars of just ticket sales like where what's the like total i mean i'm sure somebody's gone out and calculated like but like that you know that's like a a slice of what the like all of the merchandising all the cereals everything yeah we actually
3: rode the uh universal we rode the et ride
4: yeah which is like the iconic
3: ride yeah yeah it's like
2: and I would like to point out, ET was on my bike.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's Tony <laughs> rode It's a great ride, too. Oh, I highly recommend. Wow, We're did he say your name? He, you yeah,
2: know, they, they, don't they, they say Yeah, he name? did say my name. Yeah,
3: because you get a card and yeah, they, say,
2: they yeah. ask you for your name. And, and remember, because when we got off, I said, now I know why they asked for a name. At first, I was like, why are they asking for my name? That's weird.
3: Hey, Tony. I know. I was like, A-donate. I'll see you later. Yeah.
2: But A-donate. that ride was so incredible. Just hearing the music and the wind blowing through air, and you really felt like you were flying on the bike. And wow, it's um, really good. It was really awesome. I didn't yeah.
3: like this planet as much, and then like all those other non-ET yeah. characters. Yeah, I wanted ET. They kind of, yeah.
4: there were a lot of they. They
3: build out the extended. Universe.
4: Yeah, they have an extended <laughs> universe. <laughs> Apparently,
1: yeah. there is an extended universe for ET. I actually. I mean, it's in yeah. Phantom Menace. Yeah, because I, I even yeah. got fired during research for this. I'm like, what planet was ET from? I'm sure they designed it somewhere. And they had a book that they came out like a sequel to E.T., which I
4: didn't really read but much. But they have into, alien. So they have
3: E.T.s that don't look like E.T.
1: They're like
4: know.
3: weird shaped. Jip- Apparently
4: Spielberg was working on a sequel and abandoned it. It was going to be the kids getting um, abducted and then them trying to. Trying to find ET to save yeah. them. And I like it, and, it, I know, he, it and then he was like, Why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah,
1: that's stupid. <laughs> and then a ghost comes down.
4: And, uh, yeah, <laughs> and, then,
1: and then the father comes and says, right, right. <laughs> Back from Mexico. <laughs> then they have the cool alien coming in. Hey, kids, I'm the cool ET. I'm the poochie of the. Rap <laughs> <laughs> I rap. I rap. No. Skateboard. I do a rap video with Fat Boys <laughs> <laughs> it's like 88. Cause Cause it really, writes itself. Yeah, uh, and here's Aerosmith. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> ET, I'm an alien from <laughs> No, I can see that the, the tie-in. The Run
4: DMC cameo in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah,
1: this is this. I can work in marketing now. The movies
4: like I'm ET.
1: Like, I'm ET. 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 <laughs> this, this ET thing is a hit, gang. We got to sound like hotcakes. We got to make more of these.
2: You can have you know? like an ET like rap CD, right. and oh, like man. one song can be called, you know, like. I don't know, be down with Reese's Pieces. Yeah. And then another one could be like Phone Home.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Katy Perry. Uh, huh? Okay, we, K- Katy Perry. Katy Perry. Extraterrestrial.
1: We're going to have yeah. a spin-off. C.T. and B.T. Oh, and uh, okay. <laughs> it's like and you do realize
2: extraterrestrial. Dope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, it
4: stands for something.
1: Oh, crap. I thought it was just E.T. You know? <laughs> like Entertainment Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have a, t- a tie-in with Entertainment Tonight, ET.
2: No, 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 no,
1: no. People called it ET back then too, which yeah, is, I that was very that. confusing yeah. in the '80s. Yeah. You know, in the like, thing. are you referring to the movie or the TV show? You Can know? You please clarify. Yeah. I would
2: like to see ET doing having various jobs. Number one, job number one, working through a drive-through. Job number two, <laughs> being like a waiter at a fancy restaurant. Job number three, delivering pizza.
4: What would he be really what good at? That's the question. Job
2: number four, a phone answering service. Where he would just say nothing but phone him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think all our questions were answered by Alf. That's what they decided. No. Okay, now we but know but I mean, I want to take <laughs> E.T. Yeah.
2: E. and put him in the real world. I think he'd be a great yoga instructor. He'd
4: be a good botanist, yeah. really. A really
2: I'd good botanist. Good.
4: Yeah. I'd like to see him adapt to L.A. culture.
2: I'd like to see what he looks like <laughs> as a hipster.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. oh <my laughs> I'm sure
1: there's artwork out there
4: of E.T. Oh, <laughs> hipster E.T., e. I'm sure. Oh, Let's what,
2: what the e. manga?
1: I do
4: what the manga's like.
2: Gosh. I think he'd make a great bus driver for kids yeah he
4: probably would be yeah he yeah. can just levitate people they don't even need to get on the bus yeah, just get on get on bus
2: <laughs> and then when they'd get off he'd say be good
4: yeah, yeah be good I like I love be good that's, that's, just like that's, a, that's, yeah. that's perfect for Drew Barry because it's like a sweet it's you know. so sweet it's yeah. just so I mean that's that's the kind of stuff that I think just makes some of these movies magic it's just, when it's just like simple you know just a simple thing of like be good you know there's a lot of complexity mm-hmm. out there but like just yeah. keep your moral compass like look straight go forward do do good yeah, things yeah she kisses
3: him and uh she goes from being afraid of him to kissing him and yeah, then she says, be good so you be and yeah. so sweet <laughs> exactly.
4: yeah
1: it's one of the it's a great moment too and hey, what's he say
3: come and he's like
4: stay yeah. oh yeah that's I yeah. had forgotten yeah. about that He's he, he tells Elliot to come with him yeah. and Elliot says no you have to stay here and they're like we can't you know we have to go different ways. You know mm-hmm. it's so mm-hmm. sad. Yeah.
3: And then uh, he stands there with his yeah, heart going, well, and the thing closes, yeah. and the gate's coming yeah. up. The music, John Williams uh-huh. is in full force. One yeah. thing, one okay, I'll mm-hmm. say something
4: I didn't like. Yeah. The spaceship's great from far away, but when you get close, yeah. and it's it just the looks gate. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just looks like 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 bed springs basically.
1: Yeah. It's like why do they just how
2: like, how like cheesy it looks <laughs> when it kind of flies up like. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but they just buy. They just probably built it from junk. You know,
4: that's yeah, like it, it, built. it looks like it. It looks yeah. like junk. Yeah, they seem like a
3: minimalist a. race anyway. They don't
1: seem like they. Although he likes stuffed animals, now he now he's a materialist. I think he's going to introduce all this stuff
4: to his we race. Need to, <laughs> we need to bring markets. We to do. We ET land. do. We gotta. We're we gotta bring. Yes, let's up.
2: do an ET land. Well, yeah. we can have him. TV, doing. TV.
4: <laughs> <laughs> See this? This is money. You can use it to exchange it for goods and
1: services really. that you like. <laughs> You know, I used to like plants, but then E.T. introduced us to television and, and, <laughs> and money and currency, and now, <laughs> now I'm trying to accumulate capital. So overall, I think we all agree this is this is a classic, like, Masterpiece. Road. Yeah, Masterpiece. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. my that's my one word. Review. It's really good. Yeah. It's,
4: yeah.
2: yeah, it's very touching. Very heartwarming and, and touching and uh, just a beautiful story. I think it's really timeless in a lot of ways. The story of it is. Of course, the movie is a little dated visually,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, because it was 1982, and I think it's clear to see it was 1982 in the movie. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, um, it's a really timeless I'd say story.
4: On the visuals, like, you know, them flying just doesn't really hold up with the green screens and stuff. But, like, mm-hmm. E.T., like, still... He, he because yeah. he was a legitimate
2: puppet. He wasn't yeah. CGI. Yeah, yeah. The, the just puppet, like Yoda. The animatronic. Yes. Like,
4: even when I was watching, I was like, well, how do uh-huh. they do it? Like, he, yeah. his facial expressions are just, like, so lifelike and real and... And oh, yeah. you, you know, you brought up the mime fingers yeah. are just like so great. They're like so, so, and his like, eyes.
2: Et e. has such beautiful, kind eyes. You know.
1: Yeah, I think they were modeled after Carl Sagan's eyes, if I'm not mistaken, um, can, or somebody's. Yeah, the face
4: was Carl Sandberg, Albert right, Einstein, yeah. and Ernest Hemingway. They used those faces as. For the face. And I don't th- see Hemingway at all in E.T.'s personality, that's for sure. <laughs> E.T.'s, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's one thing. I'll, I'll, I think they were going for more of the poetic. Yeah, exactly. That, but, but the eyes, there was something on the Wikipedia page about the eyes and like where they, they went to like, I think there was like an eye institute where they were actually looking at yeah. like real eyes and then like glass eyes and um, just trying to make eyes that you know There that was, that was something in particular that they were focusing on. Yeah, there, there was
1: that element. Although I think in real life, Hemingway would have shot Mounted E.T. somewhere in his house. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god. He loved hunting that man. <laughs> um, he
2: would have been like, I want a cat.
1: I, I think it's an amazing film. I think it holds up remarkably well. I think mm-hmm. it plays equally well to both kids and adults for the reasons we mentioned. Um, I think it's powerful. Uh, it's very it's, profound. It's profound. It, it's beautifully directed. I mean, Shot for Shot is almost a near-perfect mm-hmm. film, the way it's yeah. set up. The score is amazing. And then the acting by the three kids is some mm-hmm. of the best child acting I've seen ever, and still holds up as a I best.
2: really am kind of sad that, you know, Henry Thomas didn't really seem to have... I really thought... I mean, his acting in this movie was so phenomenal. I mm-hmm. thought he would have had a really bright future in acting. Maybe he didn't want that. I don't know. But I just thought he really was very, very talented. It seemed like it
4: was a lot for him. It's, I mean, like, it was huge. And he was, like, apparently a very shy kid. And he was apparent mm. Like, he decided to go back to school in Texas, where he was from. And was bullied a lot in school Aww. afterwards.
2: After E.T.? Yeah.
4: He was just sort of a target. Probably because the kids
2: were jealous. Yeah. You
4: know? And, you know, he ran into, like, apparently he ran into a lot of, like, you know, as he grew older and, you know, he found it as a way for him to, like, find romantic interests but then a lot of girls just wanted to be with him because he was like the kid from E.T. Yeah, and like Elliot. but he's been um, he's been a musician and mm. he's, he's in a band and that's kind of where his like cool. heart's at I know he was in Gangs in New York that's the only thing that I've uh, that's, I, remember I remember he was in, like in a, Gangs in New
1: York too and, and that's the only thing I, I think of him in other than E.T. and he wasn't even that prominent in Gangs in New York where you would notice him yeah definitely yeah. he was kind of shooting everybody up in that movie anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah he's so good not another lot of room uh, Drew Barrymore had a, you know, had her problems mm-hmm. after E.T. too. I think that's when she had all those the drug
4: addictions and everything. But she also came from a very prominent acting family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and that was one thing about him, too, is he, like, didn't go to parties and stuff when he was in high school because, like, he didn't want to be the child star who ended up being a screw-up. Like, he, he was, like, very intentional about, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. I think yeah. that kind of, just being in the biggest movie of the decade was, like, you know, how do you not have that be mm-hmm. such a huge impact on his life? Oh, I heard a really sad story mm-hmm. about, like, a, a a guy at a barbecue who got really drunk and just, like, followed him around. This is just, like, a couple years ago. Yeah. Like, trying to get him to touch his finger and say E.T. And, like, that's just shit he's got to deal with all the time, yeah. you know? Which is, like, just unfortunate. It's just, you know, you're that huge. Like, there's no way to get around that, but...
1: Yeah, it is. On the other hand, though, he's part of a, a remarkable classic that's going to live the state of the test of time. That's something to we'll be proud of, too. Totally. Even though mm-hmm. it can get annoying, there's a lot of people who don't even have that in their lives going on, you know. Yeah. It's, a, it's like a trade-off, almost. Like, when you become that successful, you have to deal with the uh, the downside of success, like you mentioned. Yeah. I mean, Drew Barrymore was, like, probably what he observed, too. Like, that's what happened to her. I don't want to go back into that business anymore. Yeah, you know, because she was so, but she turned out great. I mean, she's oh, all yeah. just turned out yeah. Oh, yeah
4: He he only got paid minimum wage to do it though. Like they, like child actors were paid shit. Like, which is no fair. That's mm-hmm. just no. He got royalties. Yeah, it's good. And that's gotta like that's gotta add up to something. Yeah. I don't know oh, what the yeah. actual number was, but especially
2: like... with all the toys and everything that stemmed from that movie. Yeah. Serial. But,
4: but that performance is incredible. It he definitely really deserves was. Everything. It is.
1: is. Mm-hmm. Well, I usually end the podcast by talking about the best place I recommend that you see a film outside of the theater is on Blu-ray, which is, like, the most pristine cut you can find. And E.T. has a terrific Blu-ray out from 2012, which was its 30th anniversary, and it has all these documentaries and a variety of special features, and the print looks fantastic. Like, it looks pristine. So I highly recommend that if you can find it somewhere. Um... And that should wrap up ET for us. I want to thank Rob for coming on. thanks, yes. so Rob. Thank you this so really much. Fantastic. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It was fantastic. We loved having you on. Uh, do you have anything to promote or any shows of any kind that you wanted to plug?
4: Um, yeah, you know, Scott and I are in Sticks and Stones, which is a um, house team over at the Nest Theater, and we're gonna have a show next month. Um, yes. So, and I don't remember what night that's gonna be on, but it's. Is it like I don't remember but yeah just check the Nest Theater yeah Nest Theater (laughs) has all the all the shows plugged on there exactly so yeah that's the that's that's the thing we've got going on it's been it's been cool getting involved with the Columbus improv community we were talking a little bit before we got on the podcast how you know I I started doing improv in Omaha Nebraska and then started and then did it in Oakland California for a while those were both pretty much like one theater towns where you just had one theater and like it was like a pretty vibrant community inside that theater but like Besides that, and a couple indie teams, there wasn't much here. It's like, man, I, I just I've been here for about a year now, and like I am just learning about new improv shows happening every single week. It's crazy. It's just all over yeah. this town, and it's it's amazing that like there are little things happening, like this podcast in people's homes, and like the creative community in this town is really really cool. Yeah, yeah I
1: wholeheartedly agree with that. I, you know, it, it's something that it's really exciting about being in Columbus right now with all the things happening. And, uh, including, like, our own projects coming up. Yes. As... Uh, th-
2: this will be released, um, next week? Yes. Okay, so, uh, I will be in a show on, uh, Wednesday night, May 9th, over at the Shadowbox, uh, Bistro. I'll be performing in Hashtag Comedy's, ele- uh, yeah, 11th rendition of Girl Prof. Oh, So oh, nice. come out and see that. Then, the very next day, Thursday, uh, May 10th, I'll be back at the Backstage Bistro, um, joining forces with Savage Tech, I'll be a part of their um, Sick World of Doctor Show show. Um, so that's really fun. Um, aside from that, I kind of I'm kind of rogue. I've Can you tell us about the here, sick, there, then, of, sick, sick World of Doctor sick world Show? Of, yeah, yeah, it is yeah. amazing. It's like horror and comedy collide. Oh. So if you like Elvira and kind of campy comedy. Um, Mixed with some horror elements, you'll really like it. It's, it's a unique show. It's one of the best shows I've seen in the city. I absolutely love it. Very funny, incredibly well-produced. Um, Joel, Lindsay, and David, who are the trio over at Savage Tech, um, are good friends of mine, and they're just brilliant. If Yeah, if you guys are looking for something fun, it is mostly improvised. It is sketch, you know, and they have some sketch videos and things as well, but most of what you'll see live is kind of like loosely improvised just a really unique show. A lot of fun. $5, you can't beat it. Yeah. Um, it starts at 8 o'clock. Then the Girl Prov is also $5, and that starts at 8 as well. That's more of a traditional improv show. We'll be doing short form games, just all women. So it'll awesome. be fun. Mm-hmm.
1: I can attest to everything she's saying. Like, it's a terrific show, and mm-hmm. I highly recommend anybody check it out. Uh, the Sick World Doctor show, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Joel Savage was on our previous yeah. podcast for Elvira, so mm-hmm. you could check that out. Yeah. And then Scott and I are performing regularly as the Wheeler Brothers, uh, both at the Nest Theater and other places in town. And
3: Yeah, we, we don't have anything scheduled at the time of this, but uh, yeah. we're sure there will pop up improv wars or any... We're doing a lot at the yeah. Nest, so I'm sure we'll be there mm-hmm. in June at some point. And uh, the only thing I have is a pocket line every second Friday of each month at mm-hmm. Cafe Kerouac, and that's it for me.
1: Yeah, uh, also, remember, we also have the podcast that you can look yeah, That's right. and, and listen to if, if you can't find us in live, live action settings. Uh, you can find, please follow us on all social media, such as Podbean, iTunes, and you can also find us on our Twitter page and Facebook. And Facebook. Uh, we also do interactive stuff occasionally, you know, outside of our regular podcast mm-hmm. episodes. So uh, please, go on there and also give us a nice rating. So. And,
2: and send us your favorite E.T. memorabilia that you can find.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, if you yes. hate E.T., let us know. Yes, if yes. e. <laughs> <when> you hate <laughs> E.T., let us know. <laughs> so we're very e. curious.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Why you hate it. It's very curious. So that should wrap up another episode of Cinema Wheeler today. And thank you all. And we see you next time.
2: Thank you so much, guys. Thanks.
1: Bye.
0: Maybe it was a pervert or deformed kid or something. A Deformed kid. Maybe uh, an elf or a leprechaun. It
3: was nothing like that. Penis breath, Elliot. (laughs) Sit down.
0: Ouch! Stop that! No! Don't! Ouch! Ouch! It's a fake knife. Fake! Ouch! Okay! Um, um, Oom! 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 Oom!
4: Elliot. What? Elliot. Elliot.
0: Elliot. I taught him how
1: to talk now. He can
3: talk now.
0: Elliot. X-W-V-U-A-F-E. That is incorrect. The correct spelling of nuisance is N-U-I-S.